Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning into our Thanksgiving week video podcast. Uh, it's been a while since Matt and I have recorded a podcast together, but we're back in the saddle and plans to record some thoughts far more often in the near future. Better yet, we've welcomed our uh, world whiskey writer, Wes Jolly, this time around. For this cast, we've got a three-way blind tasting lined up about a third of the way through the recording, and I hope you like it. Uh, we've experienced a lot of growth since the last podcast. We eclipsed three million views on ModernThirst.com in just about three and a half years. Uh, we've done barrel picks, we've consulted, uh, recorded videos, we've traveled, reviewed 200 or so different whiskeys, all on ModernThirst.com. Uh, Modern Thirst is a labor of love. It takes a lot of time, passion, and of course money to keep the site flowing with the latest whiskey news and reviews. So if you like our content, please consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash modernthirst. A pledge of $10 a month gets you in the Glencairn Club, and after three successful billing cycles, we'll send you a Modern Thirst logo Glencairn glass, just like the ones you see on the site. Uh, remember to check us out for hundreds of whiskey reviews at modernthirst.com and check us out on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at modern underscore thirst. Our individual Twitter accounts are at Bill Straub, at Gator Matt, and that's Gator with an E, and at Wes Modern Thirst. Cheers and happy Thanksgiving. Hi, everybody. This is Bill Straub with modernthirst.com, and we've got uh, on the line, we had Matt Gates with modernthirst.com, and we just lost him again. He's having some connection issues. Uh, we also have Wes. Wes, you want to introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Wes Jolly. I live in Colorado Springs, and I'm the world whiskey writer for ModernThirst.com. Looking forward to tonight. Awesome. We uh, we haven't done a web webcast before. We have done some podcasts. It's been a long time, but this is the first time since we expanded the team to three uh, that we've done any sort of a podcast or webcast or anything like start doing these a lot more in the future. So let's hope everything goes smoothly and Judging by Matt's connection problems, uh, it's not going to go smoothly. Uh, but I'm Bill Straub. I'm the editor and the founder of ModernThirst.com. I do most of the American whiskey reviews on the site. Wes is doing some as well. Uh, and then Matt Gates is going to join us as soon as he can get back on. And he's our beer meister and, and the uh, fellow founder of the site with me. Um, today, we just have a few things to talk about. Um, I know uh, some of the things that have kind of come to come to light in the last few weeks is Whiskey Advocate released their top whiskeys of 2017. And the top five are the only ones that I really, you know, care to talk about, I guess. Um, but they started out with one of my favorites of the year, which is the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof Batch B517. Um, I had to work really hard to get a media sample of this. The the, the um, marketing people from Heaven Hill and, and Evan Williams tried to send it to me three or four times. And just, we literally could not get it get it to come through at all. It, it, uh, it kept getting sent back by FedEx and they kept saying, you're not allowed to send any alcohol or anything like that. Um, it, it really, it was really ridiculous. But when it finally did show up, um, it was fantastic. It, it was literally one of the, if not the best batch of Elijah Craig I've had, it, it was one of the best. And I'm, I've gone through a bottle and a half of it. Um, I've got one more bottle coming. Uh, hopefully I can find some more of it because I absolutely love it. I, I don't know what you thought about it or if you got a chance to try that one, Wes. I've got this much left in a bottle that was given to me as a gift. Uh, it is, uh, we just tasted it last night in a blind tasting. It came in uh, number three out of 14 whiskeys that we did. And uh, uh, our proper pour whiskey club, we've uh, tasted about 167 whiskeys so far. And it is in the top 
top 25. Uh, That's we actually last night we had um, actually the number two and number three whiskeys were both Elijah Craig barrel proofs. Um, batch eight actually came in second place for the evening, and it usually scores slightly higher than the than the five seventeen. But it's I would say of any of the whiskey the bourbons I've tasted of two thousand seventeen, the the five seventeen would be up in the top of the list. I um, you know I've kind of talked about this a little bit on Twitter. Uh, I'm assuming that uh, some of the folks who watch this have at least seen me on Twitter before. If if not, I'm at um, you can find our, our site at modern at modern underscore thirst and I'm at Bill Straub Jr. Jr. Um, but um, some conversations I've had is that I really feel like this has been a weak year for American whiskey. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that at all. Um, but I thought the last couple of years, there were a lot of new releases that came out that I thought were kind of unique and tasted very different. Um, the flavors kind of popped a lot more. And this year, the more I drink, the more I drink, it just kind of seems like it's more and more of the same stuff that, that everybody's already putting out. Just been nothing interesting, to be honest with you. Even Four Roses, I thought was, you know, I thought the Al Young was okay. Um, I think the, the, the limited edition small batch is a little better, but neither one of those are in the tops of the, the ones that I've had over the last five or six years, to be honest. I didn't get to try either of those. I was look, trying to uh, hunt down a bottle of uh, Al Young. It usually takes a little bit longer for those to get out to uh, Colorado. Um, but I, um, I've been trying a lot of different scotches this year, a little bit more of the world whiskey. So a little bit, uh, have a little bit more on, on, on that front, but we've had a, a, some, some good older, not 2017 releases that have come up in our, in our tastings for our club. Um, we had the 2015 stag, which was, uh, a, a true winner. Um, yeah. but not, nothing, uh, this year that I would say is, uh, really uh catching my memory right now that's kind of how i feel i feel like every there's been plenty of them that are fine i, I just don't feel like there's been anything that's really blown me away or really popped now i will say the exceptions to that i thought the b517 was probably one of one of if not the best batches of elijah craig that's come out and just recently i tried this um george remus repeal reserve and i think that if you like spicy bourbon i think it's fantastic um it's 11 years old. It just came out, or it's just due to come out here, or maybe it just did last week. I can't remember. I got my bottle a couple of weeks ago um, from the uh, from the marketing people. But uh, Matt's finally joined us. I hopefully uh, hopefully his connection holds up here. But Matt, we're talking about the Whiskey Advocate, uh, their top five whiskeys of the year, and we started with the Elijah Craig. Um, I think you tried this one when you were at my house last. Um, uh, but. I was kind of saying, I really think this has been kind of a boring year for, for American whiskey. I just don't think that anything new has come out that's been all that great. And I really like this Elijah Craig. I think it's a good whiskey, but if it's whiskey of the year, I think it's been a pretty sad year. I'm still playing guess what he's saying. I heard some things about <laughs> um, not a very exciting whiskey year. I know some of your thoughts here, so I can assume some of the things you're saying, but it's just... Still pretty frustrating here. Uh, I heard heard Remus there too, which I'm looking forward to trying that new one. But it's kind of there dumb is one. You're talking to nothing here, so I. <laughs> no, we're just saying that it's it's been kind of a, bo a boring year for American whiskeys, um, and uh, I I like this one. I like it a lot. I think it's a great a great bourbon. I don't think it it it's not up to to snuff with what the past few years would have been whiskey of the year, in my opinion. 
One that I would say has made uh, – it got our attention in the group that did come out this year that's gotten some notoriety is uh, a barrel bourbon release, Batch 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually scored pretty well. It's um, it's sitting at like number 15 in our group. It actually – overall score came out a little bit higher than 517. I like 517 a little bit better. The group uh, like Batch 11. I ended up getting two bottles of that, and I, f- I finished one of them already. But it's a – I think it was sourced uh, out of Tennessee, most likely. I think Dickel. Um, almost everything sourced out of Tennessee is from Dickel, from from what yeah. I understand. So that makes sense. Now, is that one barrel finished, or is that a? Uh, I don't think I've had batch eleven. It is not barrel finished. It is a barrel. All of them are barrel proof. I think it's uh, right around one hundred and twenty-two uh, proof on that one. Very nice. Uh, yeah, I, I'd like to give that one a try. I haven't had that one. Um, I thought batch eight that won the when the whiskey of the year was, was good. Um, but, uh, I don't know. That was another one where I kind of felt like it, it was the, I forget what was that? The, uh, San Francisco spirits festival, uh, whiskey of the year, I think. I think um, so. And, and I think 11 won some awards also. Um, I've got batch six, um, batch 11. Uh, I think they're at either 13 or 14. Now I also have had, uh, their batch, two of their whiskey, which is sherry finished. Right. Um, that's the one that's, yeah. Batch two of and their I've, whiskey release. Know, it's, it's interesting because um, I've been trying to to educate myself a little bit on world whiskeys this year, and it's really opened my eyes to what barrel finishing can be when it's done correctly. Um, and a, a good sherry bomb scotch, I think, is a fantastic whiskey. Um, I had the um, Aberlour Abunaday, Abunada, and I'm going to push every time uh, I say a... a Abuna. Abuna, that's it. Yeah. Abuna. Uh, and I thought that was incredible. I thought that was an incredible whiskey. I loved it. I could drink yes. that all day. It's uh it's it's delicious. Um Glendronic is also along those lines. Uh, Glendronic uh I have sitting back there on the shelf in the background, the the twelve, the fifteen, uh the eighteen and the twenty one year old of that, they're all completely finished in sherry cask. Uh, they're also, you can't find the 15 anymore. Uh, it's uh, right. on hiatus, but you can find the others. Okay. I'm back. I switched to the, the phone app and that seems to be working fine. I can, I don't know if the sound is worse for you guys, but I can hear everything good and see everything. Well, that's, that's better than we can, we can hear you. Um, and, and the, the picture's fine. The, the, the microphone's a little tinny, but that's, that's all right. It's fine. Um, so we've been talking about obviously the whiskeys of the year, um, from uh, whiskey advocate. And we were, we were just talking about the barrel proof Elijah Craig 517. Um, I do have this C 917 coming to me here. Um, in the next, a buddy of mine has a bottle for me. I just have to get together with them and get it from him. Um, but I haven't tried that one yet. Um, oh, the I'm number sure two, you, you just get all the barrel proof, um, picks just sent to you now, but I guess that's not the case. <laughs> Uh, well, they didn't send out whiskey samples of this 917. So I, I contacted my, the, the marketing guy at Heaven Hill. He's a real nice guy. Uh, and he said he would see if he could find one. But they, uh, I, honestly, I think they may be getting wise to the fact that they don't have to send out media samples <laughs> to people because they're so well received that everyone just buys them up anyway. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah, like the limited release, they're going to get sold. So I, I don't know if it's just they, they just like the hype for their brand, overall brand or what. But- you know, I, th- I think Parker's, they had a, I don't want to say missteps, but um, that malt whiskey was was disappointing to me for a Parker's. And, and 
it's probably been good that the last two years they've sent out samples of the uh, of the Parkers to get people back on board with it. But it wouldn't surprise me if next year that that goes away as well. But I don't know. They it's not like they have a shortage of whiskey there. When they took the uh, the twelve age statement off Elijah Craig, it left them with with tons and tons of extra age whiskey that they really don't have earmarked for anything right now. So who knows? Well, do you think that the malt malt whiskey was even ever had a chance? Do you think they could have even put anything in that bottle and had it well received? Um, I. You know, I think the issue with it was more of what it was. It, you know, it, when you drank it, I, I, don't, I don't know what anyone really thought they were going to get going into that. I, you know, it's not a bourbon. It doesn't taste like bourbon. It doesn't taste like a scotch. It doesn't taste like an Irish whiskey. It doesn't really taste like a malt whiskey. It tastes like a corny malt whiskey, which I don't know. I just I kind of thought it was a little disappointing. It, it's very unique, but it just I, it just didn't it didn't pop for me. Uh, my bottle's still unopened. I have uh, of the Parker's Heritage. I've got the the malt, uh, I, the release. I have the wheat, um, which oh, is yeah. is gone now. That was that was excellent and uh, probably my favorite. I tr I tasted the twenty four year old last year. Had the opportunity to buy a bottle. I didn't take uh, the guy up on buying it after I tasted it. I I just didn't think it it was worth the the price for it. Uh, but the Promise of Hope a few years back is one of my favorite oh. all-time bourbons. I still have some Promise of Hope back here, not much, and it's, it's just hanging on there. But that's a that's yeah. classic bourbon, just executed perfectly. I think I may have a uh, a vaulted four-ounce sample downstairs, and I'm waiting <laughs> for some day to bring out. But uh, uh, if I have any, that's all that's left. I um, yeah, I, I really. Heaven Hill is an interesting, interesting organization, and, and it, it opened my eyes a little bit when they removed the age statement from Elijah Craig, because to be honest, some of the barrel picks of Elijah Craig now are better than the old 12-year was, and I was I was probably as livid as anyone when they took the age statement off of that. That was my daily go-to, um, and I just was convinced it was going to stink, and it definitely changed, but it hasn't necessarily gotten worse. It's different, but it's some of them are exceptional, um, and I think what I've learned through it is something I kind of always suspected, and that's that Heaven Hill should not be aged past 12 years. 12 years is, is really the max. Um, when you get out to the Elijah Craig 15, 18, 20, 21 years, all the different single barrels they've done of that, I think each one gets successively worse I, than the, than the tw standard 12 year. I, I really do. I think that whatever it is, on uh, however they age them in their warehouses or um, the way that they, they batch them, they come out, you, you know, I'm drinking for just my, my sipper tonight is a six-year bottle in Bond from Heaven Hill. I think tastes like, I mean, it, you couldn't have another distillery put one out at 10 years and, and have more more barrel flavors in the bottle. So for whatever reason, Heaven Hill just needs to stick to the, you know, and, and they know it, and I guess that's why they took the age statement off. But 8 to 12, 7 to 12, even 6 to 12 with this, this is, is really all they need. I agree. The, uh, the 12, I mean, obviously that, that was a lot of people's go-to because of just the oakiness that you got from it. It was almost unique from anything else you just saw sitting on a normal shelf. So I think that, I think you're right. They got everything they could out of that barrel at that point. So Didn't they have it. a, um, I have an 18 uh, sitting in there. I like the, I like the barrel proof Elijah Craig. Did, uh, if my memory serves me correctly, didn't they have a 23 also, a 23 year old? I, you um, know, I think they did, and they also have an Evan Williams 23 you can buy at the gift shop, yeah. and they literally sit there forever and never sell it. If you've ever tried it, it's like chewing on a rotting canoe. I mean, there is just so much old oak flavor in there. It's like the old, what is it, um, 
old blowhard from right from um, I mean it, it's old and it blows hard. Um, <laughs> it's kind of the uh, that's that's my opinion of twenty plus year old Heaven Hill stuff, and that's really you know interestingly I think the bourbon boom has kind of caused a lot of people's taste to change. If you were into American whiskey before the last three or four years, um, you, that was the time when a twenty three year old barrel of Elijah Craig, you know. Parker Beam or somebody, when they tasted that, would have said, throw that out, sell it to somebody, mix it in with a batch of 12 year, whatever you have to do, but it's terrible and mm -hmm. couldn't sell it, you know? And, and now when people have kind of come into it recently, their experience is really only with scotch where, you know, 20, 25 years old is, could be an exceptional whiskey when, you know, the aging conditions are very different uh, with other types of whiskey than bourbon, the climate's different, uh, you name it. Um, so they just assume that a 23-year-old Evan Williams is a great bourbon because it costs a fortune and it's hard to find. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest with you, for them it is. So um, what, what I think has really happened is I think tastes have changed from the general public of what, what people who were into bourbon 10 years ago thought was bad bourbon, people today don't. So are they wrong? I, you know, I don't know. We, we share different tastes, but it is what yeah, it I just is. I just looked it up on our list. We tasted the 23-year-old. Uh, one of the club members brought that one night. Uh, it ha it didn't crack the top 100. Yeah, for the for the 23-year-old, definitely definitely over oaked. I I think that the 18-year-old. There's been a couple of releases of it that were pretty good. Um, but I I think just all in all, I don't really I, I really do think the 12-year was better than the 18. Like the good years of the 18, I think can rival the 12-year and. I'm not going to spend 100 and what is it, 170 bucks for the 18 year now or something along those lines. I, you know, it's just not worth it to me. But you know, a lot of people like that. If you like, if you like a lot of exceptional barrel flavors in in, in the bourbon, then by all means, go for it. I, I don't tell you what you should or shouldn't drink. I just tell you my opinions. <laughs> well, I think that's I think that's the problem is uh, I think these Facebook groups and any other Reddit or whatever you want to talk about. I think the, that's where the people's taste profiles are coming from. They're they're relying on what some idiot who just started drinking bourbon says is good, maybe because of the price or maybe because of the uh, the age statement on there, and not um, any real uh, real opinions. And I think I think some of that has hurt all this too. It's it could have you, you know, but to be honest, if if you develop your palate towards that, then you know it kind of the myth makes reality. Um, eventually, it's what you like. It's harder to find. It is rare, so I understand the. I understand the attraction of going out and if you spend $200 on a, you know, a 24 year old bottle of, of bourbon from Diageo or something, you don't want to go out and tell everyone it sucks. <laughs> I guess Diageo just released Entrapment, which is a 25 year old Canadian whiskey. I think that's their last one in the Orphan mm -hmm. Barrel series. Yeah. They've got another rhetoric coming out. Is that a joke? Out, or is that real? No, it's real. It's real. Wow. Um, and the rhetoric's uh, what's going to be up to twenty four years this year. Yeah, I think? the next rhetoric will be twenty four years, and and twenty four twenty five is the last one, right? I think so. Yeah, and I, you know, funny enough, I I thought the twenty three was the best rhetoric since the first one, um, this past one. So maybe they're they're finding something. I, I don't think any of the uh, the orphan barrels are particularly good. I thought Lost Profit was excellent, but that was of course distilled by Buffalo Trace. Um, Forge Joke is okay. I think uh, I've, I've tasted. Pass on. I've tasted about three of them, but for the price, um, I would say Forged Oak to me is the the best of the ones I've tasted. I liked. Um, have you tasted any of the other of the top ten that's been released in the Whiskey Advocate list? Um, I 
I don't actually only have the top five in front of me right now, so I don't remember if I tasted any of them or not. I know number two, and maybe we should get on to a few more of them, is the uh, uh, Glen Morangi A-Star 2017, followed by yeah. Wild Turkey Masters Keep Decades, followed by the Lagavulin 12-Year, which I think is one of them that you reviewed for us, right? Yes, I have tasted that. I think this is the, the current year edition. Um, uh, we tasted uh, the 2016 version. I think the one on the list is 2017. Um, uh, it's a it's a, a cast strength higher higher proof uh, Lagavulin. Um, personally, I like the 16 better uh, than the 12. And I think for the price, the eight, which um, they just announced was supposed to be a one time eight year old Lagavulin, is now going to be a uh, continual uh, part of the portfolio. A lot of people in the Scotch world were happy to hear that because the the eight year old is a, is a really good uh, entry level Isla whiskey. Uh, so yeah, we've tasted the twelve. Um, I, I would put the Distillers Edition or the sixteen year old above that, which you can get for a little bit cheaper. Awesome. Nice. Well, I guess we should have mentioned at the, at the start that um, we're actually going to do a little blind tasting here that I set up for, for everybody else. So we'll be getting into that in just a second, too. But I just didn't want everyone to think we were just going to be kind of shooting the breeze the whole time. Uh, there will be some whiskey tasting going on here. Yeah, the technical difficulties were a bad start, but uh, I think we'll move it along. <laughs> well, let's, uh, unless anyone has any objection, let's move on and start uh, start doing some of the tasting. Yes, I think I need that. No problem. <laughs> so I sent, I sent, uh, I sent both Wes and Matt uh, three blind samples. They're just labeled A, B, and C, um, and I haven't told them really anything about it other than there's in there. There's one that I liked, one that I didn't like, and one that I was pretty sure they'd never had, and I just wanted to get their opinion on it. Yeah. Um, so we can just go down the line with A, B, and C. You should probably um, pour them all so that you can kind of do some side by sides with them. I've got my. Uh, I know what they are, so it doesn't really matter that it's blind for me, but I've got my uh, tasting stave all set up here. Now, you said that um, there are, this is not a trick, but I don't know if I believe you. I think that, that means there absolutely is a trick. So they're all bourbons. Um, there's none. I, in fact, two of them are bottled in bond, um, and one is barrel proof. Different distilleries, I assume, then? Uh, all three different distilleries, yes. I have not tasted any of them. I um, poured them a little bit earlier and nosed them just to get a sense of what you had sent us. So you said one of them is one you like, one you one don't one like. like. Yeah, one I was disappointed in and one that um, I'd never had before until recently. And I thought, I just thought it was interesting enough that I wanted to share it with you guys and see what you thought. I'm pretty okay. sure that you guys ha haven't had this and let unless Matt broke into my bar one time when he was here and it's, it's you, possible. You kind of keep me locked out of there. I, I have to be supervised if I'm even close to that room. So I don't think I would have. He's, he's always offering to crash on my couch here in the basement. And, and I always say, no, it's a very real reason for that. So I just wanted to kind of get your feedback on what you guys taste on each of these and, and, um, lots of people, the one that I don't like is very contentious. A lot of people love it. Um, I just did not. So we're going to start with a, yeah, you can go ahead kind of work you can start order. one you want, but let's start with a and kind of get, yeah. get your feedback on it. Yeah, I'm get on the nose. I'm getting a lot of 
lot of fruit here. Sweet. Almost For A, I, I got classic bourbon notes. I get some caramel, some vanilla. I get a lot of sweetness in it. I actually, even when I nose it, jotted down candy corn almost. Um, and then a, t a touch of um, what I, I call like green wood. So it makes me think there's maybe some rye in there. Um, maybe a, a, a second, second grain uh, rye for the bourbon. I just feel like I'm getting the sweetness, like it almost might be a, uh, <clears throat> might be a secondary finish to it. I mean, almost like some of those makers, uh, makers private selections. I will say that they're all, they're, none of them are wheat. They're all rye. This is okay. secondary grain. Okay. Again, no tricks. I'm not mm -hmm. trying to fool anyone and throw a rye in there or a scotch or something and see who notices. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the nose of B? When I first nosed it, when I first poured it out of the bottle you sent, I um, I wrote a touch of mustiness, I thought, on it. But then I uh, wrote down brown sugar, molasses, very pleasant, uh, um, something I'd pour on pancakes. It's that... Hmm. A lot of a lot of was, the sugar caramel notes. Yeah, I get that buttery. Yeah, new vanilla. I mean, I see maple. I think it smells a little younger than the other one. I don't know if we want to compare them next to each other like that, but you know, neither of the first two have an age statement. No, I would, I would almost link. I, I, I don't Actually, know. I think I, I was, when I nosed the three, I thought the, the C, the third one actually knows the youngest to me, but they don't have an age statement. We won't know. I do know the age of two of them, but none of them stated on the bottle. Okay. I think B has a very pleasant nose. Yeah, I do too. It's, Better, I think, better than A. Yeah, I, I have it. I have it. To me, the nose, I would have it slightly better than A, just off of uh, the few times I've engaged with the two. Yeah, I, would, I mean, I don't know if you know the mash bills on here, but I'm guessing, I'm guessing less less rye and, and B also. I, I think you said A was more. You thought that was more classic bourbon. I would say of these two, I would say more B is to me. I'm just getting some NA. I get some just some different fruit smells that I, I just wasn't expecting. I agree with I, I agree with that. I think there's I think between the two, I would lean towards A having uh, a higher rye content than B. We want to move taste this or move on to do the nose of C. Go on, go on, taste C also. Nose C. Mm -hmm. I, I can pretty much bet that you have that neither of you had taste have tasted C again unless Matt snuck a taste in my basement, which is possible because it was here. My initial on C uh, is that 
to me it's a bit more muted than the nose on A or B. I get a touch of spice. Yeah. I get like a cola esque note to it, hmm. with a with a little little caramel, but like some flat cola. Um, oh yeah, I like that. It's uh, no, it's definitely like you said muted. I was going to say something very similar. It just it t- t- kind of took me a while to even get the uh, aroma out of here. It's it's funny you said cola because I always get like a um, almost like diet Dr Pepper out of this. I could see that. I put cola, uh, touch of spice. I of the three to me, this one when I nose them, I thought seemed the younger of the three. But um, you, even like a green tea, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's definitely. Good, definitely. Good mm-hmm. Should we break out the modern thirst flavor wheel and oh. go through this? <laughs> I don't think green tea is on there, but no. <laughs> Might have to add that to there, huh? I think that's actually in one of the books at the, um, was it Town Branch Distillery? That's right. I, and I was talking to somebody, I, I told you, then they said, it's like, yeah, I think we have it in there somewhere, but I couldn't, he said, maybe it's on the wall, maybe it's in a book. We need to yeah, they, uh, our flavor wheel, we've a couple of times they've reached out to us and asked us if they could reprint it in, in some of their souvenir books. And I you know, always said, I said, of course, I don't, I don't care. If, as long as you give us attribution for it, I don't really care if you use our photos and stuff, just don't steal it. Um, but then I never hear back from them whether or not it's actually been used, so I have no idea. Uh, uh, let's get to the tasting, though. Yeah. Back to A. I'm going to guess A is the um, the one that you don't like, but we'll see here. Probably that's the barrel proof, I would guess. Long finish. Prickly on the tongue, definitely some some wood rye uh, taste coming out. It's not as fruity as on the nose. Uh, maybe more dried fruit, if anything. <laughs> Definitely get, um, definitely get more spice on the taste, spicier, a little bit of heat than you get on the nose. Um, some of that, some of that rye seems to be coming out to me. This in there. That's definitely spicy, and I, whatever wood I'm getting, I still feel like I still stand by the like the barrel finish. I I get some of that, not as much as I expected, but it's still. It's unique. What kind of sure. barrel finish do you think it is? Like a, a, a pre-used barrel or just an, a, you know, a double oak type thing? No, I, well, almost like a port barrel, but it's not, it's not that extreme. So I can't, I don't think I can pick the. If, if there was another barrel to me, it would be a, I would say that it would be a second oak, another, you know, put it in a charred oak and then something else. If, if that was the case of just by the wood that I'm getting out of it. Do you think it's uh Got a barrel finish, Wes? Uh, I, I, I do not think it has a barrel finish. I think that it could possibly be, um, could may, maybe be put in a different oak um, after it's aged a little bit, but I don't know if it has a finish. 
Well, I will, I will reveal that um, when I said that there were no tricks, there were no tricks. None of these have any sort of special finishing or anything like that, or special barreling for that matter. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would say to me, the taste is lower than the nose on that. It goes, it goes down for me um, on the taste compared to what I got on the nose for it, for a. If I, I won't say too much on it because I, I think I've probably discussed some of these with Matt several times, if not with Wes via email or something like that. So I, I don't want to reveal it until we're done tasting all three of, of what's what. So I won't share too much of my, my taste thoughts on any of them. Let's move on to B. So we're the guinea pigs. You're the guinea pigs. I, you know, the, the, the main thing I want to illustrate with this is that palates can differ very much. And when tasting blind, it can very much change how you perceive things. Um, I don't, I never tell anyone that, that you should read what I write because I have the best palate and I'm always right of what I taste. Um, what I hope is that a lot of people agree with, agree with me or they, that they share the same palate as me and that those people will want to, want to read what I write uh, when I review a, a whiskey. Um, and it's the same reason that we brought Wes on, aside from just wanting some exposure to whiskeys other than American stuff. Um, you know, we just want other viewpoints on the site. And, and I, you know, Wes, if, if there's something out there that I've already reviewed and you want to write something up on, by all means do it. Um, I'm, you know, the more resources we can provide to people, the better. That's right. And I think that's important too. what you said, that um, even when our, our club tastes, it's like, you know, we have different palates. We like different things. And uh, that's the that's the beauty of sitting around and uh, tasting different things to see what um, appeals to people. And then you have those rare whiskeys that everyone, it makes the top of their list. Last night, uh, one whiskey out of 14 got a first place vote from every person who tasted it. That was a Weller, right? William that, was the well, that was the Weller from 2013. It's been tasted 10 times. It's gotten a first place vote every time it's been tasted, both known and blind. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me at all. I, I think it's great whiskey. I think it's by far the best format of Buffalo Trace's wheat whiskey. I mean, Pappies yes. include. I, Pappies are insanely overrated. They're good whiskeys, but they don't hold a candle to, to Weller. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, that'd be interesting if it was available enough to have some of these people that go crazy over Pappy to do some blind taste against some of these other ones, especially the Weller. So... <clears throat> So what do you guys taste anyway, and be? Back, back to the palate thought, though, I wanted to say real quick, just I think that's one, one thing that's great about your writing is it's consistent. And I don't think somebody has to agree or have a similar palate to appreciate those reviews because they, they understand where they align with you and where they don't. So I think it's it, the catalog um, works well for many different people. I hope so. I actually have we actually have some readers who almost any time I post something, they, they send me a message directly. And <laughs> there's a couple of them who just inevitably disagree every time and they read everything that we write they read everything that, that Wes writes and they always have an opinion that's usually different than what we posted but we always really enjoy discussing it back and forth on emails it just you know um, that that's kind of what this is all about you know you just talk about what you have in common talk about what you taste differently and and you know I've had my had my mind changed on stuff before um, it's just the way it is it's all fun I mean I, we don't get paid for this so as much as I would like to. <laughs> if we got paid for this, Matt might have some better technology and he wouldn't be sideways on our screen right, right now. now. <laughs> I, can't, I cannot believe we had these technical issues. I was worried about this all day and I've tested it and was real excited and here we are. But anyway. So taste B, what do you, what do you guys taste out of B?
I like that a lot. That's vanilla. I like I like the I th I think that um I think between the two uh, this is my guess I'm thinking that B may be a little bit higher proof you said one was uh, higher proof than the others two ball and bond so I don't know I think B might be B might be a little bit higher but I would say the opposite surprisingly really I, yeah I think like and maybe it's just done better but I feel like that's just so it, it, it's real smooth to me I get that. So through two, do either of you guys have a guess at all about what they might be? Or at least the, the distillery or something along those lines of either? That's, I was about to say that about A. Like, I feel like we should be able to pick that distillery because it seems unique enough. And then so I'm starting to wonder if it's a distillery I'm not as familiar with. And I saw your Yellowstone sitting behind you. I was like, maybe it's that. But uh, I haven't opened it. I just got that, uh, just got that um, Thursday or Friday, so it's a couple of days ago. That's the uh, the new limited edition. It is the best looking bottle in the business, by the way. I don't know who makes the bottles for Limestone Branch, but these things are gorgeous. That that um, the the minor case rye bottling was was fantastic, and then this one. Try not to knock my whole computer over reaching for it. Um, you know the tube aside, I just think the labeling, the embossing on the bottle and everything. This is just a, a beautiful packaging. It just makes you want to pop this thing open and down it. I hope the whiskey inside's good. This is the first thing they've released that has their first time they've released a Yellowstone that has a little bit of their own distillate in it. I'm if trying I know to know better. I would say B was was, was a weeder, but, and I was, and it's kind of leading me to guess Buffalo Trace on there too. But I think I feel like I must be way off if, it's, if you don't have a weeder in here. I'm going to cleanse my palate with a little Heaven Hill. There's nothing that's jumping out to me to narrow them, to narrow them down. I'm just, I'm excluding distilleries for them. I don't think that, um, I don't think A is a bean product. Um, B. Not getting anything. Um, trying to think of what would be out there that would be volatile or higher proof that I've tasted. Um, personally, between the between A and B, I prefer B over A. Um, Thank you. On both the nose and on the taste. Let's move on to C. I need to get some of those uh, Glencairn covers. I used to use the um, the watch things, and I went to a tasting at a buddy's house and left all of them there. I had a box of like two hundred of them. And oh, really? Yeah, the lens watch lenses. What do they call them? Okay. Yeah, the 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 watch lens, and then I got the um, sometimes they're called ginger tops. I think for yeah. Glencairns. And uh, last night I used I had thirty five Glencairns full with uh, whiskey for the tasting. So. Okay. 
A lot of glasses to be washed last night. Yeah. I have found that Glen Cairns actually can be put in the uh, in the dishwasher, and I'm not. I have a lot of them, so I'm not afraid to do it. But yeah, I, I do that as well. There's there's regularly one of those in the dishwasher in the morning. What are your thoughts on the palette here on C? That Cola S Spice um, mm -hmm. with a touch of caramel continues for me. So I would say that if I'm looking for balance, I would say the nose and the taste are um, comparable. You, you, you taste what you expect to taste. Um, not that I like what the nose is and the taste compared to the others. I would put, to me of the three, I would put this uh, third. Um, I like, I get that Dr. Pepper, the high Dr. Pepper in there still since you said it, but I'm still getting, uh, I'm getting some other spices in there too. Baked goods maybe. I know that that's a common descriptor that you use. Uh, but I'm getting that there as well as just, just some. I, I do say this is a fairly tannic whiskey. Um, I yes. think you can get a lot of the barrel tannins in this. I do on the end. It lingers with you that little um, um, uh, spice uh, wood um, numbing of the tongue sticks with you from the tannins a little bit more on, on C than either A or B. I think uh, to me, I would, I would I'd still think that C is the younger of the three. Well, I was going to say I get a lot of corn in there, so that would kind of get, speak to that. It's kind of that sweet corn right before the, that tannic comes at the end. So you guys have any other thoughts or anything before we start the uh, the big reveal? Well, if we're back to the whole distillery thing, I think C seems most like Heaven Hill to me. One just has me, I mean, or A has has me lost and let me let me revisit b real quick here i will note that b is by far the lightest in color of the three in my glass here i don't know if you guys get the same effect i don't see that well, you can see it. Maybe it's just that I've drank a little more out of B, but but I, you know, Wes and I disagreed on that. But I thought B seemed lower proof than A. Uh, to me, the color on them is pretty close from what's still in the bottles back there. Um, I mean, I I don't. I'm not going to venture to guess what they are, but I will put them in an order. Yeah, go ahead and. Matt, what's, what, Wes, what's your order first? Um, let me, let me taste C again, and then I'll get back to you. Matt, you don't I fit would, in. I think you need to grow a beard, by the way. You seem to be the only beardless one here. I, I have to screw off. This is, this is as close as I get to a beard. <laughs> I'm afraid some gray hairs are going to pop out of there if I grow up. Oh, I, you may not be able to see it here, but I've got streaks of gray running through mine. 
<laughs> I just turned 42 yesterday, so I hit the uh, old Forrester birthday bourbon pretty hard. Um, and I, I do want to point out that someone sent us to review. It's called Morning Recovery. Um, I, I've had this for a few weeks now, and I haven't had it yet because I'm, I've been doing a no-carb diet for six months now. Um, and this thing is just loaded up with sugars and carbs. There's like 18 in this little bottle here. Um, but it, it's actually pretty good because I we kind of got after it a little bit. We had a little bit of birthday wine. I went out for Mexican and had beer. Um, and I had quite a bit of bourbon, and I felt fine this morning. So it's called Morning Recovery. I'll, I'm going to have a uh, review of it posted on the site, but uh, you guys might want to check that out. There's been some articles I've seen online about this. Um, it, it doesn't taste bad either. I expected it to taste a little bit like a Red Bull, uh, but this, I think, is peach-flavored, and, and it you know, it was pretty good. That's good to know. How much did they pay for that spot on this podcast? Yeah, indeed. Um, no, we – we, uh, I, I wouldn't talk about it if, if it sucked on the podcast, or I would tell you that it sucked. But all I know is that I drank this last night after having a lot of, of alcohol, and, and I was feeling pretty good this morning. That's awesome. If I had to rank them, I would put, um, of the three, for me, um, B is first, A is two, C is three. I say B is first also, um, but then I get a C and then a that is reversed. Uh, I, I just, I can't get around to A. I don't know what it is. And I'm hoping that that's the one that um, is somewhat controversial or whatever. Uh, I could pick, I, there's something I really like about C, and I feel like if I had these two bottles on my shelf, it'd be a mood type thing be, going between B and C. Well, I will say that you guys were pretty close. C is the one that you've probably never had. And it's also the one that's barrel proof. Okay. C is from, it's an Indiana whiskey. Um, it's from Starlight Distillery in Indiana, which if uh -huh. you're in the Louisville area is Huber Farms. Uh, this is that family. Um, I only picked this because I did a barrel pick with uh, Westport Whiskey and Wine, who in my opinion is the best barrel picks in the city. Uh, one of the two or three best barrel picks in the city, if not the best, um, just consistently. Um, I was just really impressed that these are three years old, uh, right around three years old. They've only been doing bourbon for about that long. Um, typically when I go to craft places, I, I really don't like what they do. I have to be honest. Uh, most of the craft distilleries kind of suck, at least for the first four, five, six years in existence. And I think there's a lot of promise in this. It's young. They change the mash bill all the time. When you, when you go through their barrel picks, it is just constantly like, well, this one has three different types of corn and this one only has one type of corn and we change the percentages and, uh, they have different barrels all over the place. This one is just, I thought um, I thought it would be interesting because I, I do very little craft distillery coverage on Modern Thirst because I don't like it. Uh, but this is one that I think does it right. Um, and I, I had a chance to meet some of the Huber family that, that own it. Um, and they, they also have some wineries. The corn and everything is grown on site for this. Um, it's, it's a huge farm. Uh, you, you take your kids there to pick pumpkins, pumpkins in the, in the fall and stuff like that. But, um, it, it kind of allows them a, a, a wide range of, of opportunities because they grow so much stuff on site to do a number of different types of liquors. Uh, but they send the kids when they're in their college and they go out and do, um, internships at, at major, uh, wineries out in California. And they're, they're, um, doing co-ops at, at the big distilleries. And I think they're doing it right. And I just thought it would be interesting to, uh, to kind of let people see that. I, I also don't cover a lot of Indiana stuff outside of MGP. Um, right. You know, if, if you're a fan, if you went to the University of Kentucky, like Matt and I did, you, Indiana and Kentucky, more rivals than anything else. But uh, 
there's some good stuff coming out of the However, state of Indiana. I, I sit, I'm sitting about 10 miles from MVP right now, so I, I have a little <laughs> bit of a loyalty there. That's kind of so greater what, Cincinnati. So, Bill, what was the match? Do you know the match, Bill? And what I don't know it on match? this one. Uh, okay. I think this one had a little – it may have had a little bit of uh, Bloody Butcher's um, corn in it, uh, which is that really red kernel that you see. Uh, but this is uh, 111 proof, and it was about three years old. Okay. And it's a barrel 1455. I think they still have some of these at Westport Whiskey and Wine. They're probably 65 bucks a bottle. It is un, it is cast strength and it is unfiltered. So I literally just take the pieces of the barrel out and send it send it on its way. Well, at least we, I, we I got that that was the youngest. You did. You, you nailed that one from the star just off the nose. So good call on that. Um, I just really think that there's a lot of, you know, for, for a fairly young whiskey, I think there's a lot of promise with that. I most anything else I taste at two to three years old coming out of a lot of these craft places, I, I just want to say, look, I understand the, the the dollars and cents matter here, but you need to put that stuff back in the oven and let it bake a little bit longer. Um, but I think they're going to have some good stuff when it hits about five, six years old. I think they're going to have some some pretty tasty stuff. So what was everyone else's favorite was was B, right? Right. Yes. I agree with you on that. So the other two, obviously, if that was the barrel proof, the other two were both bottled in bond. So they're both around four years old, most likely. Um, and two is one of my favorite bottles and bonds has come out in the last couple of years. Old Forester 1897. That makes sense. I, um, I think 1897 is the closest you will find to the, let's say 2014 through 2016 birthday bourbon in taste without actually getting those birthday bourbons. Um, it, yeah. it, for me, it has a lot of the, the pie crust, graham cracker, that kind of like when 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 the old Forster Distillery is like hitting on all cylinders, that's what you get out of it. When you get a really good bottle of something, that's what you get out of Old Forester. And this one to me kind of hits that hits that run. And now since this came out, of course, the 1920 came out, and I think the 1920 is phenomenal whiskey. That was my that was my question. Yeah, uh, I, I'll take the 1920 over this, um, but I love this, uh, and I like the 1890 or the um, 1870 as well. The uh, the the first one that came out of the series, but I put this one in because the other one was bottled and bond and I didn't want to put in one that was 90 proof to put it up against that or one that was seven or eight years old. Cause I didn't think it was fair. So of the, uh, I have a bottle of 1920. I haven't cracked it yet, but I've heard great things about it. Um, you'll love it. What, what do you think though about, um, uh, of the old Forrester line versus the other Brown Foreman, the Woodford Reserve? So, uh, this is another one that it's probably going to get me in trouble with some of their marketing folks. Again, I, I don't like Woodford Reserve. I think it's unimaginative. I think it is bland. Um, and I know that their idea, and they even pitch it when you go out and hear Chris Moore speak, um, they, they see four different flavor profiles and they want them all to be equal. They don't want anything to pop. And my opinion is, is I want something to pop when I drink. And Woodford Reserve, it tastes like I'm drinking it out of a beer can. For whatever reason, there's a strange metallic finish to it. Um, the double double oaked that they did is one of their distillery series once is, is not bad. Um, the double oaked is not bad if you get a good barrel pick of that, which I, I don't think they do the barrel picks anymore. But overall, I don't like Woodford. You want a scotch drinker. That was kind of part of their thing, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. And it was, and to be honest, it was one of the earlier premium bourbons that kind of came out when people were really starting to kind of make bourbon something other than your grandfather's drink. But, you know, I grew up here in Louisville, Kentucky. And if you grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, you can talk about a lot of places with whiskey cultures, but there is a bourbon culture in Louisville. You, there's no such thing as a wedding that you go to unless it's by some, you, you know, it's someone who, who just doesn't believe in drinking at all. You don't go to a wedding that doesn't have a bar that has bourbon on it. 
you don't go to a charity event that ha doesn't have bourbon on the bar. And every time I can almost guarantee you, unless it's a really high end type of event, that house bourbon is Old Forester. So if you're me and you grew up in high school sneaking a drink here and there, uh, don't tell don't tell mom and dad. Um, and you know you grow up in Louisville and, and you spend a lot of time in Louisville. When you think of what is a bourbon flavor, you think of Old Forester because that's what that's what's everywhere. It's just everywhere. It's it's distilled here in Louisville, um, and it's basic to me. It's, it's just what does it taste like? It tastes like bourbon. It's not the best. It's not the worst. You get a good bottle of the signature that's 100 proof. I think it's fantastic. I think the 1920 is amazing bourbon. 1897 is really good, and the 1870 is pretty tasty. But the Woodford Reserve, I can do without. We hadn't uh, we hadn't talked about this before, so that's interesting because I, I was just curious. I, I visited there. I've tasted it. Been given bottles of Woodford Reserve, and I have exactly the same view. It's, it's one of actually the mainstream bourbons. It's one of my. It's probably my least favorite. Um, but the Old Forester, on the other hand. First time I had Old Forester 86, I had it kind of blind. I went to a whiskey bar and I, I paid for three pretty nice whiskeys. And they asked me if I wanted the house uh, uh, bourbon for the night. And I told them, bring me a glass of that too, but not tell me what it was. Tasted everything and I liked the house just as good as the <laughs> other three I tasted. And it was Old Forester 86. Uh, so I, I agree. I, I, to me, if I had to choose between this brown foreman uh, products that would definitely go with the old Forester line. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what I grew up with in terms of bourbon. You would either say that or makers because makers was the premium that was everywhere. Um, in the, you know, the nineties and, um, but I think that the 1920, I, I think, I think that's way closer to the birthday bourbons. And in some instances, I think it rivals some of the birthday bourbons. So I think it tastes better than the birthday bourbons, but it's a very, I, to me, it's a very different flavor profile. And it's also a lot hotter at, at 120 proof. Yeah. Uh, but sure. I, I think it's great. And, and Wes, when you crack your body, if, if you're worried about finding another one out there, just let me know because we, it's all over shelves here. It's about 50, it, 60 it, bucks and it's it, fantastic. It is here. It's here. You can find it everywhere here too in Colorado. Yeah. It, was, it was one of my finalists for bourbon of the year last year. Um, I put it up there with a Rebel Yell, Yell 10 year. Uh, and I picked the Rebel Yell over it, um, but it was – if I had gone the other way, it was a coin flip at the end. I, I think it's fantastic. I, I had I bought two bottles of it initially, and the first one was gone within, like, the two nights or something, and I, I regretted that it worked the next yeah. moments, but uh, it's good stuff. All right, so let's get on to, uh, to number one. So this one, this is another bottle in Bond. It's not a new name, uh, but it is new whiskey. Some people love it. Um, I have a theory, and and if anyone watches this and wants to respond to it, I'm sure that they're going to tell me that that I'm wrong if they're one of the fanboys. Um, I don't know if you guys can see that. Oh, yeah. Old Bardstown, Willet. This is the Willet Distill at Old Old Bardstown. I I was a Willet fanboy. Um, I love the family estate. The uh, white label, wax, you name it. I, I love that stuff. Uh, the, obviously, they were buying that from mostly Heaven Hill and other places. But um, I was really excited when when this came out. I actually drove to the distillery, and I never drive to Bardstown for releases. Uh, I, I don't line up for things. I don't camp out for things. Um, I drove to Bardstown for this the, the day after the day it was released, and I bought this, and I was so disappointed. I, I get menthol cigarettes on the finish and on the nose. Um, you got to work really hard to put menthol cigarettes into a bourbon. Um, 
and I just, it was honestly, it was kind of crushing to me. I, I, uh, I, I expected so much out of Willa that, you know, they've been around forever, um, even though they weren't distilling since before World War II, I guess. Um, I just expected so much. And then when this came out, I was so, honestly, I think what did it is that different events at the Bourbon Society meetings, um, different folks from Willard had showed up and they had brought um, tastings of their new make at new make at one year at two year and let us try it. And every time I kept looking at people around me, I was like, is there a weird like spearmint flavor to this? Is there something that's really off? And everyone kept saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then when it finally went into the bottle, I thought, well, you know, the last time I tried it, I think it was two years old. So maybe that extra couple of years in the barrel got rid of that. And my gosh, it is just, man, oh man, I, I'm worried. I'm worried for the future of, the, of them as a distiller. Um, I really dislike it. I, I think it is off-putting. Um, and the only reason this much is, is gone is that, that every time somebody comes over and we get into drinking a lot of bourbon, I'm always like, tell me if I'm wrong about this. Try this and tell me if you like it or not. And there's been, there have been a few people who like it or say, you know, I, you know, I can't tell the difference between this and any other after, you know, the 10 bourbons we already drank. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think by and large, when you taste it blind, it's people don't tend to prefer it. You're right, though. It does have its fanboys out there. A lot of people were clamoring to get it when it first came out. Yeah. It's and, unique, no doubt. I mean, I, if they're going for unique, they have it. And I mean, obviously, you know, Wes, you liked it. I think it's... Um, actually, I, I mean, I wrote numbers down, too. I, I had... Uh, I had Starlight roughly, you know, just visiting with the, you know, ounce pour I had. I, the range for me for Starlight, I would have probably put it in the 82, 83 range. I had um, uh, the Bardstown around 83, 84. So they were very close. And I had the Old Forester between 89 and 90. I, uh, I, I want to say not right around 90 is probably where I rated it on, on Modern Thirst. Um, um, uh, I, when I go back and edit this, maybe I'll actually post that on the, uh -oh. on the video. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have gave the scores. Um, but no, that, so I, I had those two very close, one slightly above the other, but I, I thought there was a larger gap between B than either A or C. I, I agree with you. I, I think that uh, the Old Forester is a very refined bourbon. It's, it, you can tell that it's, it's a company that has kind of refined its craft over a lot. I mean, to be fair, they've been doing it for a long time, so... Um, they, they do have a leg up on the competition. I worry a little bit about Willet, uh, and the reason I worry for it is because I was such a big fan before this stuff came out. Um, I love their rise that they were the MGP rise that they bottled up. Even though I've, I've got a little bit of the the old wax top four year they used to release all the time at 110 proof. Just loved it. Um, loved the bourbons for years and years and years, and it just you know I, I worry that that if you can't figure out what's causing that to me that that weird kind of stale menthol cigarette flavor i don't i don't know what i don't know what to do with it well i think the other thing we learned about them was um you know their two year year ride now it's up to four years on that when that first came out we were all real excited about it you, know, you could find it around a little bit and it was okay i, I liked it I, I probably said good things about it at the time and then we were going through Peerless, and we drank like nine-month-old Peerless rye, and I was like, "This is better than the two-year-old uh, Willet." So I think oh, there you go. So I think that's just one example of like how yeah, yeah, they, maybe I, we thought it was better than it was, but because it had that nice wax top or whatever it was. Yeah, you know, I I don't the rye's. Um... 
the two year I thought tasted young, of course, because it was only two years old. I, I think the Peerless it has a little bit of that to it, but there's a lot more sweet flavor to it. Now the Peerless is a sweet mash, um, and it's completely computer controlled from start to finish. If you guys have done the Peerless tour, it is it is as state of the art as a distillery can get. I mean, I, I don't think anyone actually has to touch anything except the button on the screen. Yeah, set it uh, from start it. to finish. Um, but it is it is interesting uh and i would i think matt you were with me then i was with you when when we tasted that eight nine month stuff i would have bought a bottle of it on site so it was really good um but yeah i i hope i hope will it uh maybe maybe more time in the barrel will, will help that because i will say that this now part of it is that what i was tasting before hadn't been watered down to proof um and this has been watered down to 100 proof but i'll say that 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 experiment that menthol that that's and i don't mean it necessarily in a good way it's less prominent here than it is on, you know, when they've taken their stuff to a tasting somewhere, the new make or, or anything like that. So I guess the hope is that they figured that out. Um, but it does have some fans and maybe again, this is one of those where um, maybe my taste just differ from, from a lot of other people's. I don't know. Um, but I think for four year bottled and bond, I expect more. If, if heaven Hill can put this out for $11 right, or, you know, Old Forester can put out, you know, eighteen ninety seven or name any other bottle and bond out there. I, I mean, I, I feel like Willett can do better. Let's hope they do. Any other thoughts on the tasting? Enjoyed it. It was yeah, fun. I think you put, yeah, I think you put it together well. Uh, three unique ones, and I'm happy to know that I like the Starlight because I had not had had that yet. So. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think there's, um, it's not something I'm going to rush out and buy now, but I think in, you know, maybe a year or two, it might be really worth having. Um, all right. So I, I guess uh, we don't want to go too long in this. We're probably getting close to an hour. Um, but uh, I do think, I, I did want to mention a couple of things about the website that we've got going on. Um, we have been trying to expand our coverage a little bit. We have done, you know, this is something we haven't done in a while. Uh, this will be a podcast plus a video cast via YouTube. Um, we're also been adding some videos. I've done a couple of them recently that, that seem to have been pretty well received. Uh, so we'll try to expand that a little bit too. Um, in addition to that, we've, we've got, uh, I reached out to someone that I've known for a while who is a, a pretty good, pretty much an expert at beer about providing a little bit more beer coverage for us. But, um, something we did at the start and kind of tailed off on. Um, and then we had someone else reach out to us who was interested in writing for us um, for beer. And um, uh, the sample that I've read from them seems pretty promising. So I'll, I'll keep talking with them and see if that works out. Uh, but anyway, we're hoping to add some more writers to the site um, to give us a little bit more coverage. I'd really like to find a cocktail writer at some point because I, I get requests to talk about bitters and, and different cocktail mixes all the time. And I'm just, I like my bourbon straight. I don't really, I drink it neat. I don't even drink it on ice. So um, I'm, I'm really the wrong person to review a, a cocktail uh, in, in all honesty. So I'd like to find somebody who's a, a mixologist or a bartender or somebody with a background in that who can really kind of kind of delve into that for us, how to use it. But I really want it more in terms of how to use whiskey in, in, in terms in, in a cocktail, not so much. I, I don't really care about a, you know, a foo-foo drink or a cosmopolitan or something like that. So there's got to be some bartenders out there that would love to do that. They could build their resume a little bit and maybe even compile it into a book at some point, you know, because there's, there's cocktail books are kind of the rage too. 
Yeah, I mean, we again, we're lab- this is a labor of love because we don't get paid on this and we, we're not profitable at, at the moment. We, we make just enough money to pay for the expenses of, of keeping a website. Um, we buy our own whiskeys unless it's something that's sent to us for a review. Um, we buy our own audio video equipment and all that fun stuff. Um, but we also don't mind if, if somebody wants to pitch a, uh, you know, their club or their bar or whatever it is that they work at. Um, with that, also, I, I did want to mention uh, Wes's Proper Pour Whiskey Club is uh, is something that, that I think looks like an awful lot of fun. I've been looking at, at kind of starting the same thing in Louisville, and, and I, met, I mentioned to him recently that I might be interested in doing a Proper Pour Whiskey Club Louisville um, chapter at some point in the future. Um, Wes, how did Proper Pour come about, and what exactly is it? Uh, we, we were talking about that last night. Uh, actually, Proper Pour Whiskey Club came about in 2014, summer 2014. Three guys, uh, myself and two other guys, got together who enjoyed whiskey. And we brought some bottles together and decided we were going to taste seven or eight different whiskeys the first time. We enjoyed it so much. We, we tasted them, wrote down our, our tasting notes, and then talked about them and scored them on a 100-point scale. And we liked it so much, we decided to keep doing it. Uh, and we slowly started adding members right now. We've had about nine or 10 different people go through. We've got seven active members right now, and we had seven people show up last night. So it was one of those, it's kind of a labor of love also type thing. We've, uh, we've met 33 times as of last night. Um, we, we've tasted uh, 167 different whiskeys, and we have tasted over 300 whiskeys because we taste them known, and then we taste them blind. So you can get over the packaging and those things, knowing what you're drinking, and then it will come back in the mix um, blind. Just like last night, uh, 35 months ago, we tasted William LaRue Weller, 2013. It won. Uh, so you always wonder, well, what will it do when it's compared to something else when you don't know what it is? So last night, we had 14 whiskeys in the mix, and Weller won again 35 months later. been sitting in a four-ounce uh, French square bottle for 35 months came out, got randomly generated, came out and ended up winning the night with a 97 average of five tasters, which is the highest score ever. Wow. Well, that's really neat. I, I, uh, I might be reaching out some, if there's anyone listening in the Louisville area, any of our friends, um, I, I, uh, I definitely want to start something. I, I've been a member of the bourbon society for a long time and I kind of tailed off on that this year. It's just, it's too big. Um, and you know, once you've heard, um, Fred no speak two or three times at it. You've heard Fred no speak and he is an entertaining guy, but at some point I just kind of want to get together with guys and talk about whiskey. I don't necessarily need to hear somebody tell me about it, about their whiskey or, you know, their whiskey product or something. So um, I, I want to get something going very similar to, to, to that. And I think the format that you, you've already started is perfect. So why not kind of build off of that? We even talked last night. If you guys do start something up of having a joint tasting where we have like a video cast of uh talking about the same whiskeys that could be uh, fun colorado colorado and uh, kentucky at the same time one plug fun. i want to make uh december 1st i'm going to start doing a, a daily review 24 days whiskey advent calendar uh premium uh whiskeys the majority of them are scotches uh, i've already opened up the first day the first day is a 25 year old dalvini uh so i'm going to try to do a short blurb each day for december 1st through the 24th of giving a quick overview and maybe a letter grade of what I think of the whiskey. So uh, follow us on modernthirst.com. Can't wait to see that. 
So I guess, again, we'll, we're going to go ahead and wrap up here. Does anybody have anything else to add before we sign off? Actually, I guess we should say um, happy belated birthday to you, and um, thanks for all you've done for our site. But, um, looking forward to a lot, lot more of this. Yeah, I think we should do this more often. I think it's a, it's a lot of fun, for one. Um, and uh, I, I just enjoy doing it, so let's keep doing it. Um, so, I, again, I'm Bill Straub. You can find me at modernthirst.com. Uh, you can follow us at, at on Twitter at, at modern underscore thirst. You can find me at, at Bill Straub JR. Um, Matt, how do we get in touch with you? At gatormat.com. And gator is G-A-T-E-R-M-A-T-T. But um, Gatormat on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. And you can follow us on Facebook at uh, Facebook slash modern thirst as well. Wes, where are you? I'm on Twitter at, at WestModernThirst, and email is Wes at ModernThirst.com, and uh, you can go to the website and see the reviews on uh, a lot of different scotches and American single malts. I'm looking forward to getting some, uh, some more about the, the upcoming Stranahan Snowflake releases coming up uh, on my birthday in December. So I'm going to do a, a little quick write-up about the last five releases of Stranahan Snowflake. I'll be interested in, in seeing that. And that and the, the advent calendar, you told me about that uh, a while back, and I'm pretty excited about that. That's going to be pretty neat. Great. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. We hope any, everyone enjoyed this, or we hope someone enjoyed this. Uh, but we'll, uh, you'll be able to follow us on iTunes and uh, follow the podcast as well as here on YouTube. And uh, check us out at modernthirst.com for um, all, the, all your whiskey news and reviews. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.